his karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hi-ya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams, thanks for everything, mom and dad, will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. I want to thank the members of the media for joining us today. This is an exciting day in the city of Buffalo. I want you to um, uh, look at the folks that are up here with me. These are members of the City of Buffalo development team. And uh, today we are going to be providing a development briefing on development in the City of Buffalo. One of our major priorities, one of my major priorities, is accelerating development and job creation in Buffalo. And we're going to be doing these briefings on a regular basis to keep the community informed about what's happening with development to keep the media informed so you can help us tell the story. And we think by telling the story of what's happening with development in the city of Buffalo, it will help us to attract even more development and job creation in the city. Joining me today is Brendan Mahaffey, the executive director of the Office of Strategic Planning. Uh, Brendan, as you know, is the uh, chief economic development officer for the city of Buffalo. Uh, with us are some members of the development team for the city, uh, directors for the development team. Seated in the front row are additional members of our development team. Uh, they're all doing a great job, and we just wanted to highlight all of their work on behalf of the residents of this community uh, this morning. Now, great news that we're going to announce today is that the city of Buffalo has reached $9 billion in development since 2012. It includes projects that bring affordable housing, market rate housing, office, retail, mixed use, commercial, and industrial development to the city of Buffalo. Our progress does not stop there. In 2022, both East Buffalo and West Buffalo, areas of our city uh, where uh, we have experienced uh, the highest poverty, um, have seen uh, the highest rates of development in 2022. There was $197 million in project investment in West Buffalo and $116 million in project development in East Buffalo. Uh, those are numbers that we are very excited to report out uh, to the community, uh, and it shows our focus 
on lifting up all areas of the city of, of Buffalo and making sure that the development, that the renaissance is reaching our entire community. You'll find this information in the Office of Strategic Planning's 2022 development report. The report goes into detail about public and private development that took place last year. Uh, but last year, as we are coming out of the pandemic, was a very successful development year for the city of Buffalo. My goal has been to come out of the COVID-19 pandemic strong. And something that we've been saying for the last few years is that those municipalities that are able to come out of the pandemic um, uh, strong most quickly will reap the benefits of that. We are seeing that in the city of Buffalo, but we have to accelerate the pace of what we're doing, and that's why we're going to be reporting out to the community on a regular basis. And with 126 development projects approved or permitted by the city's planning board last year, it's clear that 2022 uh, was a very successful year for the city of Buffalo. We want to continue that success. It's also clear that Buffalo remains a good place for development and investment, and we want to send that message across the state we want to send that message across the nation. In the coming years, my plan is to continue to build on our strong momentum by encouraging more development and expanding our focus on equity and inclusion. Let me say that again. We're going to continue to expand our focus on equity and inclusion. We want to make sure that every section of our city benefits from the investment that we're seeing in the city of Buffalo. Uh, we have put tools uh, in place to be able to do that, uh, and we're very proud of the direction that things are going in. Um, now, um, Mr. Mahaffey is going to take us on a deeper dive, sharing the big picture of the city's progress. And again, I want to thank uh, Brendan Mahaffey, our Executive Director of the Office of Strategic Planning, and our entire development team uh, for the excellent work that they are doing to help drive development in the City of Buffalo. Brendan? Thank you, Mayor. Um, I want to start by acknowledging the number of people that are up here and the fact that this is a team. It's, it's not one individual by any stretch of the imagination. I want to obviously acknowledge the, the Mayor for uh, giving us the ability to hire so many great professionals to achieve a number like $9 billion that I think uh, when I first stepped into this position, most people wouldn't have believed that, uh, that we could get there. Uh, and that includes a pandemic uh, in, in the middle of it. So that number, I think, could potentially even have been uh, higher. So the, the team that is before you includes uh, members of the Mayor's Office of Strategic Planning who oversee the Division of Real Estate, uh, Division of Development, uh, Division of Planning and Zoning, uh, working in collaboration with city development agencies such as the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation, the Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency, and then also the strengthening collaboration now with the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority, which is key for achieving the Mayor's goal in terms of equity and inclusion with what is estimated to be almost a billion dollars worth of investments through Marine Drive, Perry, and Schaefer, and including uh, substantial capital improvements 
uh, to all of the buildings uh, that are overseen by the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority. Uh, this uh, work again requires. Those that don't know them, could you just introduce I, them I, by name? I, I certainly can at this point. So why don't, why don't I start uh, over here. Gillian Brown is the Executive Director uh, of the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority. Uh, he is not joined today, but we will uh, keep it in our, uh, in our thoughts by Nadine Marrero, who is the President of Bridges. Uh, and that's because she is busy with Marine Drive meet, uh, meetings uh, at this uh, very moment. Uh, Scott Billman, uh, who is a senior director with the Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency, formerly general counsel. Um, Howie Green, who is the uh, fairly new director of real estate and has already made an enormous impact in the division of, of real estate. Uh, Crystal Middleton, who's the director of uh, planning and zoning, has helped to create things such as Envision Neighborhoods um, for that community engagement, which we see as a key component of, again, achieving equity and inclusion. Hope Young Watkins, as well as senior director overseeing programs at the Buffalo Urban uh, Renewal Agency, many of the affordable housing projects that we have, uh, and also other housing supportive services. Uh, Lisa Hicks, who is the director of uh, development overseeing uh, projects such as uh, the Mohawk Ramp, uh, and now also the DPW campus work uh, that we are, are working on. Brandy Merriweather, who is the president of the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. Um, you all know Northland, uh, and also all of the uh, development work in downtown, as well as the Buffalo Lakeside Commerce Park. And Rebecca Gandor, who's the vice president at the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation, plus many others, deputy directors and others who have joined us uh, today um, for this. So it really does take every single one of these individuals uh, to achieve uh, a number like $9 billion. So in terms of the information that you have, I won't do too much more of a deeper dive, but kind of leave that for uh, questions. It's robust, as the mayor said. Um, quite frankly, some of the questions that we'll get, we'll have to follow up with you because 126 projects um, are hard to keep uh, at the top of mind in terms of every single detail for those projects. But what we're seeing is at the beginning, it used to be a small, a, couple, a few large projects. Now it is many projects um, for maybe only a few million to those larger projects uh, as well. So we are really starting to see a variety of development uh, in, in the city of Buffalo. The planning board meeting last night, I think, spoke to that, where we're talking about mid-sized buildings, not just the large buildings uh, and the work that is being done, but also look at the diversity of developers. No longer is it about one name in the city of Buffalo. There are dozens of names in the city of Buffalo in terms of individuals who are doing work. The mayor has also worked um, very hard to make sure that it is a diverse uh, group of developers that we are working with, Lisa Hicks overseeing, uh, a meeting that we now have on a regular basis um, focused on um, really the development of black developers in the city of Buffalo as well. Um, so there's a lot here uh, to be taken away of, uh, to taken away from, and I just want to bookend to say that this is a 10-year retrospective that we're talking about. 2012 is when we first started the methodology for keeping track of these numbers to bring us to 2022. Um, I'm going to speak a little bit about what might take us to 2032, and that's significant because that's Buffalo's bicentennial. Uh, at that point in time, we'll be celebrating 200 years of the city of Buffalo. Um, so our focus right now, as uh, many of you have seen in the media, is uh, keeping up with what's uh, changing. We are always adapting to what's happening uh, in the city of Buffalo. Um, and I want to acknowledge that there are a lot of headwinds, but these headwinds are what many municipalities across the country, many cities, many downtowns across the country are facing. One of the reasons that I'm proud to work for the Brown administration where others might get blown over, we lean into it 
And that's exactly what we're doing right now with a lot of the work that we're doing over the, for um, the next a few years. The Climate Action Plan, because our climate is changing, we acknowledge that. Uh, and we need to be able to adapt to that. We now have a climate action manager that works in the mayor's office uh, of strategic planning. Kelly St. John has joined us here today uh, for this. Over the next few days, uh, we are going to be holding public uh, meetings for uh, several initiatives, actually, um, that we are working um, to coordinate uh, as, as a team, as a group, um, all of the conversations that are related. One is this uh, streets, uh, smart streets design plan which is the next step in the future of mobility. Uh, we've been very fortunate with uh, Douglas, uh, Douglas Development and also M&T to uh, secure many millions of dollars for uh, 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 improvements in the public right of way. Uh, this smart streets design plan is going to inform that so that we're, uh, like climate, we're adjusting to, tech, to technology and we're adjusting also to our changing downtown. We understand what's happening to as much as one can with remote work. We understand that we are seeing more of a neighborhood in downtown. So we are going to build our public rights of way to reflect these changes. A public meeting on a Wednesday night in Seneca One. At that public meeting, we're also, um, Brandy Merriweather uh, and her team at Budsey are leading a downtown waterfront plan where we're looking at all of the infrastructure um, that stretches from DLNW Terminal to Centennial Park. So much investment, so much activity, including Marine Drive, uh, which uh, also has public meetings uh, on Thursday night uh, as well to review a potential development at Marine Drive. So just in that one area alone, a significant amount of work. And to the mayor's commitment to equity, uh, we have in the midst of it, public housing and also other affordable housing commitments. So this will be an equitable waterfront on the Great Lakes, and that has always been the mayor's commitment. We uh, also soon will be, uh, um, we are going through the process right now of reviewing all the applications that came in for the re request for applications for the American Rescue Plan funds. Uh, that is uh, over $80 million uh, of, that we will be investing uh, for public health clinics, uh, for uh, mental health uh, support, for uh, affordable housing for many different things. We don't have the details on that, but just to give you an update, the teams have been going through. We have about eight separate project managers at this point in time that have gone through uh, and will be uh, ready to make announcements fairly soon on that. That is gonna have a significant impact on development um, throughout the city of Buffalo, but in particular, uh, our, our low to moderate income neighborhoods uh, in East Buffalo and West Buffalo that were hit hardest by uh, the, the pandemic. Um, we now as well have a four-year strategic plan, first time the city of Buffalo has that. Uh, we, it was really driven by the fact that there is so much money from the state and federal government at this point in time that, that we need to really dr drill down on a lot of this money to make sure that we're achieving our goals and objectives. That is now available on the city of Buffalo's website uh, and will be something that you'll be hearing about much more uh, as we move forward. There are many development projects in the, the uh, uh, pre-development phase that are not included uh, in the, the nine billion that we're also working on, really critical, such as the Hispanic Cultural Center, which we have committed, the mayor has committed a million dollars to um, with the support of the Common Council. Um, we're also working with Stephen Butler from Icon BGs on a development at 1652 Genesee Street, uh, as well as the African American Cultural Center at 350 uh, Maston Avenue. So those are projects to uh, that again that we are working on uh, to keep an eye on and then of course the bmha with over a billion dollars worth of of investment that we're seeing so it is not just about what's happened over the last 10 years but it's also very much about where we're going uh, understanding our opportunities and our challenges 
and continuing this momentum in the city of Buffalo as we emerge uh, from this, this pandemic uh, and look to secure the talent pool uh, that we need to keep the city growing, keep our businesses, uh, and also do it in an inclusive and equitable way. Uh, thank you very much, uh, Brendan. So that is a snapshot of the development that's taking place in the city, how we got to the $9 billion uh, between 2012 to 2022, and how we will keep moving forward into our bicentennial of 2032. With that, I will open up to questions that the members of the media have. Jonathan? Uh, there are some impacts. I'm going to let Brendan speak to that uh, in a moment. Uh, it requires uh, uh, creativity. It requires partnership. Uh, that's what we've been uh, bringing together to move uh, projects forward. Uh, but I want Brendan to uh, uh, speak a little bit more in detail on that. To, this, to the extent that we've um, been involved in those, and we've been involved in several of those conversations, um, it, it hasn't been an impediment. It's certainly been a new challenge. Um, but as I think uh, many might know here, the number of, of challenges that have been placed in the way of anybody who's trying to do development, uh, again, across the country, uh, have been uh, significant. But what we have seen is a continued commitment by those uh, in the development community to to build these projects and get these, these projects done. The resources are there in many instances um, for, for the projects. Uh, so the, um, the impact um, is there, but I wouldn't say that it has been a, a defining impact at this point anyway. I'll just quickly touch on, so LaSalle, uh, for LaSalle, uh, we're in final negotiations at this point in time with the NFTA on issuing the RFP to the teams that responded. So that, um, and Lisa Hicks is overseeing that. And then also in terms of the Broadway Barnes, Lisa Hicks also overseeing, um, she and uh, a, is put together a selection committee at this point in time and uh, will be engaging them on the Broadway Barnes. Um, happy to have had four responses, I believe, for the Broadway Barnes at first. We did not have any, uh, and uh, really attribute that, as I think I've said um, to um, some of you, to the fact that the RFP was not designed as it should have been. So we took a different approach and happy to have four responses. Is it realistic to think that by the end of the year you'll have designated developers for both those projects? I'm going to defer to Lisa on that question. Lisa Hicks. Um, so for Broadway Barnes, uh, we should have designated developer agreement uh, by the end of the year. Um, for LaSalle, a uh, much more complicated and in-depth project. Uh, we're hoping uh, to have a designated developer by the end of the year, but it may be going into Q1 of 2023, 2024, I'm sorry. Lisa, for those who might not know, could you just talk a little bit about both projects, what they are? Sure. Sure. Uh, so LaSalle is a project that the city uh, is undergoing in partnership with the NFTA. There are three city-owned parcels and three NFTA-owned parcels that we're looking for a developer to develop into an equitable transit-oriented development. So that means incorporating the transit station that currently exists into a larger development. Um, what we're looking for there is uh, 
collaboration with the existing community and some um, synchronization with what exists there now. So it, it's right across from Rails to Trails and Shoshone Park. So our expectation is that the developer that submits the uh, winning proposal will have those elements incorporated along with mixed income housing. Um, and we're looking for a mix of income, so not just affordable housing, it could be a combination of that and market rate or different levels of affordability. Um, and again, uh, that being incorporated with the transit station that exists uh, currently. Uh, so that's LaSalle. Um, just really quickly as well, uh, the RFQ uh, was released last year. We received 10 responses from uh, 10 qualified uh, develop development teams, and those 10 respondents will be invited to reply to the RFP once we complete our negotiations of the final draft with the NFTA. Um, for Broadway Barn, the Broadway Garage, um, we released an R uh, request for expression of interest rather than uh, releasing an RFP, which we did last year. Uh, we received four responses, and we're looking for a developer to submit ideas uh, as to how they would develop the Broadway garage. Uh, this needs to be done in partnership and with the vision that was created by the Michigan Street African American Heritage Corridor Commission. So uh, we are looking for um, you know, developments that match the strategy that has been laid out for that area of the corridor, uh, given that it's a strategic corridor for the city of Buffalo. His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Um, understood. So as we look at any type of planning strategy or any housing strategies or any planned developments, what we like to do is work with the development community as well as our planning department to ensure that we're 
putting in mechanisms for anti-displacement and also to ensure opportunities for residents who reside in the area to actually live in the homes that are built. Um, we're seeing this across many developments throughout the entire city, and it is a concern, um, but it's something that uh, we're looking to put strategies in place to prevent displacement of existing residents. Yeah, I do also want to ask you this too. So are, now, are, I know you guys have a number of different projects with different facilities and different like, arts and culture. Are you guys in charge of like building developments as far as grocery stores as well? A lot of people in the East Side are talking about how they're just really a really big Well, people and the presence of people attract retail investment and retail development. So we think with uh, quality housing, with more affordable housing, uh, with mixed income housing, uh, we will uh, build on the popula population base that will make it easier to attract um, uh, grocery stores and other retail to the city of Buffalo. So that's part of our plan. We've also set a goal to prevent um, displacement of 40% affordability of all housing development in the city of Buffalo. Uh, so um, we feel uh, very positively about what we're seeing in terms of um, meeting that goal. Uh, the affordable housing that's coming online. Uh, so uh, good questions and uh, that is included as part of our plan. And just um, uh, touching on the Broadway garage, yesterday uh, Governor Hochul announced $10 million uh, for the city's request to build a comprehensive state-of-the-art public works campus. Uh, Working with the Michigan Street African American Heritage Corridor, we have long wanted to remove the public works operation uh, from the Ar African American Heritage Corridor, and the $10 million commitment from Governor Hochul is going to go a long way uh, to helping us move the Broadway Garage project forward. Uh, so I will have uh, Brendan and Gillian uh, speak to those. Brendan on DL&W and Gillian on Marine Drive. Actually, for DL&W, we don't have the latest update on that. So that's uh, one of the things with Sam Severino and the NFTA that, that we need to continue our, our conversations. Uh, they are going to be part of the stakeholder group, though, um, with uh, the uh, work that uh, Brandy is overseeing with the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. So that is going to be worked into what is happening not only at the DLNW, but also Canal Side Land Next Door, Marine Drive, um, the parking lots that are owned by the Buffalo Urban Renewal Agency that are next to then uh, Erie um, Village, uh, the Erie Basin Village, and then all the way down to Centennial Park. So we will have much more detail on that very soon. And I know uh, Gillian certainly has detail on Marine Drive. Good morning, Gillian Brown, Executive Director of the Buffalo Municipal Housing Authority. So uh, as many of you know, Marine Drive uh, consists of seven towers on the waterfront, a uh, total of 616 units. And uh, we are in the process now of designing with the residents uh, a vision of what it could look like in such a way as to um, 
demolish, hopefully, all seven of those towers and replace them with a mix of building styles and a mix of units that would better sort of uh, revert to the original grid pattern that was on that site, better fit in with the uh, canal side and, and the redevelopment that's going on on the waterfront, and also maintain no fewer than the currently existing 616 units of public and affordable housing. So um, what the mayor has committed to many times is the idea that the waterfront should be a place where anyone has the right to live. Uh, so if you look at uh, many other Great Lakes cities that demolished dilapidated housing on their waterfronts, you see it generally replaced with people of higher income and, and different kinds of condominiums and things like that. Uh, we believe that there's more than enough of that on the waterfront and that this footprint really needs to be preserved for affordable and public housing. And so that's what we're doing right now. Uh, this evening, we have the first of the resident-driven design sessions, followed by a public meeting at which the public can appear and give us their thoughts. Uh, the developers and planners and architects will then meet and go through the ideas that are generated tonight. And on Thursday, we're having another public meeting at which we will unveil the initial results of the planning that was done tonight and tomorrow. Shovels have been hitting the ground, uh, and if you drive uh, down Jefferson Avenue, if you drive to different parts of East Buffalo, you'll see new things that have, have gone up in, in East Buffalo. Uh, the thing to remind people of is East Buffalo, Buffalo's black community, isn't just Jefferson Avenue. It's much larger than that. Uh, so we are helping to build the whole East Buffalo ecosystem. One of uh, those areas that's critically important to, to East Buffalo is the city's partnership with the state at the Northland uh, Workforce uh, Development Center and the Northland Corridor. And I want to ask uh, Brandy Merriweather, the president of the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation, and Rebecca Gandor, the executive vice president, just to talk a little bit about Northland and uh, some updates there. Thank you so much, Mayor. I'm happy to talk about um, the incredible investment that's happened in the Northland Beltline Corridor. Um, as many of you know, the uh, corridor is anchored by uh, the, work, the Northland Workforce Training Center, as well as other um, manufacturing entities, places like Buffalo uh, Manufacturing Works. Other small businesses are located there as well. So really, we have a... Um, comprehensive strategy for the redevelopment of that area that includes infrastructure, that includes workforce training, that includes working with the private sector on upcoming housing developments and things of that nature. I'm also happy to just turn it over quickly um, to Rebecca Gandor for an update on the $14 million that BUDC has received from the federal government to continue that development along the Northland Corridor. Sure. 
Rebecca Gandor, Executive Vice President of the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation. Um, last year, the Buffalo Urban Development Corporation, working with our regional partners, applied to the Economic Development Administration, better known as the EDA, under a competitive grant nationwide. Uh, happy to report we were able to bring $14.4 million of federal dollars to East Buffalo, um, along with a 20% match from Empire State Development. We're terming this phase three of the Northland Corridor Redevelopment. We're gonna be bringing additional manufacturing space to that uh, area, which for residents is important um, as in it creates job opportunities. So we have the training center that's there that is working to address any of the skills um, that our employment uh, creators are looking for. So we're really excited to be able to bring that additional industrial space to East Buffalo. I know many of you are familiar with some of the recent statistics around just the, um, the, the lack of industrial space. So Northland will continue to be invested in, continue to provide employment opportunities for the residents. Um, so we're really excited about that. Just if I could um, give you some more context with East Buffalo. Uh, so on Jefferson Avenue, for example, the city has secured over $25 million to fund a complete uh, streetscape project for the entire stretch of Jefferson uh, from Main uh, to Swan Street. So that will dramatically transform uh, the look and feel of Jefferson Avenue along with other projects that are coming uh, to Jefferson, some of which are on the development list that, that you have. Uh, Bailey Avenue, the city has secured $15 million in funding uh, to complete a streetscape project along Bailey Avenue uh, from Bailey, um, uh, Bailey from Winspare uh, to East Delavan. Again, that's going to be transformational on Bailey Avenue. Uh, Middle Main, uh, Goodell Street to Kensington Avenue, the city has secured over $50 million in funding for a complete uh, streetscape uh, uh, treatment on Main Street from Goodell to, to Kensington. Again, something that will be transformative uh, in that area of, of East Buffalo. Uh, Fillmore Avenue, um, we've secured money for uh, projects on Fillmore and a streetscape project on Fillmore. And one major part of our uh, focus on East Buffalo will be using ARP dollars for um, training programs. You know, we've talked about this before, but we want to bring more training programs online uh, that will rapidly upskill people and give them the ability to go from training uh, to living wage, family sustaining jobs so that they can also make their own investments in their own community. So it's not just what can the government do for me, it's um, working with people, assisting people for what they can do for themselves.
How is it, what have you done to encourage out-of-town investment to come to Buffalo? What are some of the things you've done? Uh, this development team is very development friendly. Um, uh, part of what we've done is spending time uh, with the development community. Uh, locally, across the state, and across the nation, letting them know that uh, through the pandemic, Buffalo is open for business. Uh, Buffalo will spend the time uh, to help you move your projects uh, forward. Uh, we've used some of the financial tools and incentives uh, that exist at the city level, at the county level and at the state level to drive development uh, forward. Uh, there was just a question about uh, development in East Buffalo. Our development team uh, has worked with uh, individuals that are doing development in East Buffalo to identify additional funding sources to move projects forward. So with some projects that you're gonna see moving uh, forward in East Buffalo and other places, those projects were at a standstill um, uh, because developers were not able to assemble all the dollars that they needed to move certain projects forward. Our development team found additional uh, resources that could go into those projects, and as a result, projects in East Buffalo and other parts of the city are going to move forward. So we have a very hands-on development team, um, a very business-friendly uh, development team uh, that has been really creative uh, in solving uh, issues that developers have had to keep projects moving forward. And there are a lot of examples of that. I don't know if, Brendan, you want to um, follow up on that at all. Yeah, I just, um, and again, this is uh, a Credit to the mayor. I, I mean, I just, he's allowed us to have a professional team. This is a very high level group of professionals that are standing before you. And I would say that while the mayor might have said development friendly, I would say that, that what drives us is fairness and consistency, professionalism in, in the work that we do. And that creates one of the most important words in the development community predictability, right? So, a lot of times when I first started, I get a lot of phone calls because people were trying to figure out, oh, well, how's this, you know, maybe I can get this, maybe I can get that. And that's not how this team works. This team works to, to again, apply the rules fairly and consistently with all of the development projects, and then people understand the structure within which they have to work. And then that speaks not only to the local development community, but to your original question, that speaks to people who are coming in from out of town as well. And a lot of them, as you said, um, couple themselves with um, local developers, and that's because people know people within you know, the, the, the building and what have you and the various ins and outs, but that's, that's really, again, it's still fairness and consistency no matter who you are. And so, uh, again, we're very fortunate to have uh, been able to uh, create the team of professionals that we have. Well, having spent more time on the green code than anybody else, uh, other than maybe Nadine Marrero and others, I can tell you I care about the green code. 
um, deeply. So, uh, and, and that's where, you know, a lot of um, that work is, again, done in a way that is fair and consistent um, in Elmwood Village or, or anywhere or anywhere else. So the development community is allowed to propose uh, what it would like. Um, and then there's a zoning board that can say whether there's going to be a variance or not. Um, that's state statute. Um, and that was taken into account as part of the entire green code process. Uh, and, and then uh, those, those planning boards, zoning board of appeals, historic preservation boards, others then make the decision about that consistency uh, with, with the green code. So um, I think there's always a tension in development. There's no uh, question. Um, and, and it's a challenge not, again, just in the city of Buffalo, but, but nationally. One of the reasons that we have the housing crisis that we do in this country is because of um, the opposition that so many projects have. And there is absolutely, it's not the whole answer, but supply is one of the problems um, that, that we have. So last night, I believe it was over 100 units of housing uh, and uh, most of those uh, units of housing were opposed um, by, by, the, by the community. That has a macro impact on affordability in the city of Buffalo, that has an impact in placemaking, that has an impact. So as you can tell, it's something that, that you know, uh, we think about a lot, but the point is, is the Elmwood Village and residents throughout the city of Buffalo, per the mayor's direction, was engaged deeply for seven years to get a unanimous vote of the Buffalo Common Council um, and over 250 public meetings, not counting all of the hearings as well. So again, that was part of setting the rules that were informed by the community, that then the development community can go back to them and said, well, these are the rules that were captured by you as part of this process. Um, I would like this you know, variance or not, um, but that again, there's a process under state law, under state statute that they then go through. So uh, that, that is, um, you know, it's, it's not, uh, there are limits to what we do as well. And how does that then square, I guess, with Governor Hochul's you know, housing plan in terms of the, the, the green code? Does, I mean, obviously there are a lot of projects happening in the city of Buffalo, but is the green code actually coming in conflict with what Governor Hochul was trying to push with his housing? No, we, we have a tremendous amount of capacity yet in the city of Buffalo in terms of the amount of housing units that we can provide. Um, there are still historic buildings that, that we are, are looking to convert. Obviously, the Statler, when that comes online, is going to add hundreds of units uh, in, in the central business district. Um, and many affordable housing units that, that are being built along Middle Main. Uh, right now, the MVVA project in, in, in Mid-Main uh, that, that is going forward. Uh, St. John Canty as well that's under construction at this point in time. So there should be no conflict between the governor's goals and the Green Code. Anyone else want to speak to that as well? And, and, and part, part of the governor's goals is to get um, suburban communities uh, to focus on building more affordable housing. You know, uh, people talk a lot about poverty in the city of Buffalo, but one of the reasons why low income and people living in poverty live in the city is because there are is not a supply of affordable housing uh, in the uh, suburbs of, of Buffalo. And if you look at a lot of uh, the urban communities, a lot of the cities around the, the, across the state, it's, it's the same situation. Uh, so in the governor's affordable housing plan, there are incentives uh, to build affordable housing in the suburbs. 
uh, and there are also some penalties uh, for communities that don't build um, affordable housing. So uh, the green code and the governor's goals are perfectly in alignment in the city of Buffalo, uh, and we're looking to, to build more affordable housing uh, in the city. Uh, the question is, in other areas of, of the state, outside of, of cities, uh, the supply of affordable housing is insufficient. And, and that's what the governor is trying to, to, to reach. But when, when we talk about development and being development friendly and being able to attract out of town developers, there's one word and that's momentum. We've got to keep that in mind. Buffalo has momentum we want to keep that momentum going. So what we're saying, part of this presentation today is that the plans are working, is that stuff is getting built, things are going up, uh, jobs are, are being created, and the plan for, for East Buffalo is not just housing. Housing is important, quality, affordable housing, important, job training, critically important, getting people into good paying jobs, having the training to go into good paying jobs, equity and inclusion in everything that we do, not just East Buffalo, but citywide, very important to build the kind of city uh, that we all want to live in. Uh, and then with those things, we can attract more retail, we can attract more investment, we can attract uh, grocery stores. So it's like a whole ecosystem that goes into this plan. Uh, and so far, we're seeing success in this plan. And our goal is to accelerate, speed up the success that we're seeing. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Development team, you can come back in with me. <coughs> His karate lessons might not turn him into a black belt. Hiya! And even after band camp, he might not be the greatest musician. But with the 3% annual percentage yield you can earn on a PenFed premium online savings account, your goal of supporting his dreams... Thanks for everything, Mom and Dad. ...will always be worth it. Apply today at PenFed.org savings. Federally insured by NCUA. $5 minimum to open account. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed. PenFed's got great rates for everyone. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.